Drive gets inside, leans in, knocked away, it's stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup, oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top, bang, bang. the Tiger. This kind of sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Courtside Heat, CourtsideHeat.com. And today we are back at it to kick off the week. It is a Monday morning. And officially when this gets published, 8 a.m. Arizona time, I am your host, Josh Phoenix. And my goodness, do we have a lot to talk about. From just recapping all the news today, it's just going to be mind explosive, if you will. If you will say, because there are so many trade rumors, reports, injuries, different things like that. We'll also begin to the All-Stars, and of course, the topic of, to, of today, which is answering the question, why, like why in the world, are the Philadelphia 76ers being so difficult about trading Ben Simmons, who has been having this feud with a player for gosh knows how many months. So we'll get into that. We'll get into all the games we want to watch out for, recapping them, and different things like that. As always, guys, before we get into the podcast, whether you're new or recurring to this podcast, please drop us a five-star review wherever you guys are, whether that's uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, or any of those other uh, podcast channels that you are on, podcast platforms that you are, are on, that would be extremely helpful. As I guess, if I understand it correctly, the more reviews you get and the more subscribers you get, it will boost, it will continue to boost you up. If I've remembered that correctly, if I learned that correctly throughout all the years of podcasting and just learning it, I see how it works. I could be wrong. Most likely I am. <laughs> um, that's just my luck on certain things. But hopefully not on this. As always, guys, you know where to find us on social media. Um, again, we're on TikTok now. We're on Getter. We've been on Getter. Um, if anybody cares about basketball and Getter or wants to have a life outside of politics, um, then come follow us at Courtside Heat. Um, same for TikTok. If you want to see some sick basketball, um, videos, real quick, what do you call it? Like, what do you call when someone posts a TikTok? And, like, what do you call it? A TikTok? Or you want to see this TikTok? I, I, I don't know. I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it a video because I'm one of those, um, I, I really don't know what you call it. Like, I want to know what you want, I, I want to know what you call it, but I just don't know. You know what? I'll figure it out. I'll probably Google it. Google have the answer. Someone has the answer. But yeah, guys, getting back to it, you can find us on Getter. Go to getter.com slash courtsayheat. 
TikTok.com slash at CourtsideHeat, Instagram.com slash CourtsideHeat, Facebook.com slash CourtsideHeat, Twitter.com slash CourtsideHeat, and my apologies guys if I did not say Instagram.com slash CourtsideHeatNBA, so please discard my last mention of Instagram. If you go to Instagram, you type me in or you I look me up on the internet, it's Instagram.com slash NBA. So we just have the NBA's name at the end of our username, of our uh, company's name. So I forgot to mention that because I, I don't know why. It, it's a very long story on why we just couldn't go with Courtside Heat. I like being difficult for you guys to look up things because if you look up Courtside Heat, nothing comes. Well, even if you look up Courtside Heat, we, we still come up. So either way, we're coming up. But yeah, those are the top places you can find us. And Oh, I forgot. If anyone on Tumblr uh, wants to follow us for cool basketball updates, inside stuff, highlight videos, etc., etc., just go as false there, too, at Courtside Heat. You do not want to miss that. We'll have all the daily updates all the daily breaking news, inside info, and everything like that. That is unique, and that is awesome. And that's just awesome just to know. Now, guys, I say this every single time. And I think finally people are listening to me. The store. If people are cheap like me, then I suggest you guys to go to courtsideheat.store. That's our link that will redirect you to Macari. Macari's great. I love it there. Not because I've made so much money there, but because I'm able to lower the prices whenever I want. And honestly, guys, I'm able to give out better deals there, too. So it's just not exclusive to courtsaid.com slash store. No, no, no. If you go to courtsaid.store or you play on PSA 9J's Tatum card, in the Macari search box, well, you'll be able to find us, but you're always getting good deals there, too. So I'm cheap. I try to find promo codes. I try to find the cheapest item. And good news for both of you guys, you locked into us having both good deals and good promo promo codes. Uh, continue to check courtsaheat.com. We'll always be releasing um, promo codes, uh, coupons. If you guys opt into our newsletter, then of course you guys will always find um, coupons there. You always find good deals there. We'll always redirect you back to the store to find great products that you love, to find the merchandise that you love to um, to have in your office, your room, wherever you like to have that. Your kitchen table, trust me, I love putting things there too. Or if you guys just want to stay up to date, I'll just go to the newsletter. But getting back to store, yeah, we got tons of stuff from autographs to starting lines to McFarlane action figures, the t-shirts, the hoodies, to uh, hats, to cards of all kinds, say Cunningham cards, Jalen uh, Green, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, we're going back to with Tim Hardaway, uh, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. LeBron James cards, we have Maluk Dodge cards, whatever you want we have. That is pretty much our entire store.
Like whatever you could want or desire to think of, we have it. So yeah, guys. Um, without further ado, let's get into today's podcast episode. And as always, I'm also gonna mention this because it's pretty important for you guys. Right now, we have for our elite membership where you can sign up. Sign up that at the bottom of this podcast in the show notes and description area. Whether you're on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, all those different places, right? You click on that link or copy that link or go to courtsy.com. Just click on join us exclamation point. Uh, that little tab up on top below the logo area, and you can find that membership because we're running a deal right now where your first three days free. The number free is free. For the first three days, right? That's the whole membership. So it's your own free trial. You can see if you like it. Get all of our exclusive content that's sent to your email, that's on the website, and just get all the exclusive deals. And if you guys love saving money, try out the uh, free trial because if you sign up within this next week, you will be guaranteed to get a 50 or more percent off discount coupon. So yeah, guys, do not hesitate to sign up for free bucks a month. That is nothing. Starbucks costs more if you go every week, right? So put that through perspective, this is a great deal. Now, guys, without further ado, and I have no idea how many times I've said that, but let's get into this, kicking it off with the game of the day, the recap edition. And it is the Denver Nuggets against the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks are now 31-21, who lost at home against the now 28-21 Denver Nuggets. This game was awesome. I could have put up, I could have put running up games, but I decided just to keep a solid one, just keep it a solid number one. But if I had to put a runner up, it would not have been the Suns game. I was not too pleased with the Suns' performance. They were choppy. Um. It just looked unnatural. It looked it, it kind of looked bad. Even though we got the win, it was very gritty, gutty. It was very tough. But you know what? Those tough and ugly wins are what you need sometimes when you're trying to prolong your winning streak and just trying to gut through some games that you know it's going to be rough, whether that's away or at home. Also, shout out to the Pistons for being the Cavaliers. Because I had the Cavaliers winning that game by a lot. Turns out I was wrong. So, um, yeah. But shout out to the Pistons as they are doing things. And they're trying to still make it into this playing tournament. They have a shot. Just like the Thunder, they have a shot. The Thunder have a better probability than the Pistons. But we all have a shot. No legit. Because the Thunder are 14-34. I checked. That's not too bad. They're only a few wins. They're only a few spots out of clinching a playing spot. Now think about that. That would be really, really interesting. On a, on how uh, sorry I can't speak today. On how that all play out. But getting back to the Bucks Nuggets game. Not only did Denver win. Denver came in and smashed the crud out of Milwaukee by 36 points. 
It was led by the Aaron Gordon and Nikhil Jokic. Nikhil Jokic had 18 points, 15 assists, and 9 rebounds in 28 minutes. That was one short of a rebound of a triple-double. Aaron Gordon had 24. Monty Morris had 18 and 7 assists. 18.77 assists. And lastly, Will Barton. Uh, 15 points and 5 assists and 3 boards in 27 minutes. So those guys were the top guys to defeat the Milwaukee Bucks. Because this wasn't like a normal defeat. No, no, no. This was a epic defeat. This was an epic win. Like, if you're Milwaukee, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Because you are healthier. And I see uh, Grayson Allen didn't try killing someone on the court again. Um, maybe I'm surprised that he didn't try taking more cheap shots to wrist or just trying to break people's arms. Surprised he didn't do that. I guess he, I guess he was trying to be generous tonight. Um, but yeah, when you have Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Bobby Portis all playing out there, and you're not able to do anything. Like, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, since how you say his last name, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna call him Giannis. It's <laughs> simpler. Had 29 points and 9 rebounds. One short of a double-double. No one else really played out of their mind. No one really did. Like, no one was special. Like, Bobby Portis, 11 points. Drew Holiday, 14 and 8 assists. Um, Chris Melton, 9, 7, and 5 in 27 minutes. The Bucks are at 5th. They're not going anywhere. They're two games out first. Same left the Cavs. They're still flying being out the Nets. The Nuggets just helps because they're keeping strong at the 5th, trying to make sure that the Nuggets, uh, that the Mavericks, who are... Not even a game out of fifth. Because you don't want to be bumped back. So you got to be conscious here. Because if you go into eighth. Like right now the Timberwolves and the Raptors are both in eighth. That lands you a playing spot. So you kind of can't mess yourself up by staying eighth. The Clippers, they're at seventh. The Hornets, they're in at seventh. Right? So you always have to be conscious about that. But a very good win. A very, very good win. To say the least, because we're looking at team stats right now. When when you have the Denver Nuggets shooting sixty percent from the field and the Bucks only forty seven percent from the field, that's insane. When you have from from the uh, free point the free point percentage, when you have fifty fifty three and a half percent being made by the Nuggets, only thirty three point three percent. By the Bucks, that is incredible. They were just converting more shots, and almost fifty percent of their shots came from two pointers. So it was like it was like fifty fifty. It was almost fifty fifty in regards to how many three pointers they're taking, how many two pointers they're taking. Where the where the Bucks were trying to dominate in the paint. And they were just getting rained on. Like, no. 
Like, it just was not working. Oh, oh, wow. That is just... So, you have that happen. Um, there you guys go. Um, wow. That was probably a lot for you guys. That scared everything out of me because I guess I clicked a button on iTunes and you get to hear this wet dog sound. Uh, my apologies for that. Oh boy. I can already tell it's going to be a long Monday for me when I just start clicking random buttons. I don't know that I'm clicking. But yeah, guys, getting back to what I was saying. So when a team's just shutting you out like that and you have no answer for them, that's, that's pretty crazy because free throw-wise, the Bucks won. They had 22 attempts to free throws. N nuggets only 10. Points in the paint. I'm looking at this right now. They had the same points in the paint, 44. The Bucks had seven more turnovers than the Nuggets did. The the Nuggets had three more steals than the Bucks did. Both had the same amount of blocks, which was free. The Nuggets scorched them in assist. So the Nuggets had 39 assists. The Bucks had 23. That tells you the lack of ball movement. I didn't even watch the game. But if that's the final product of ball movement at the end of the game, then your ball movement is horrific and it stinks to no end of the earth. Even rebounds, they got our rebound in. And you're telling me that Will that Bobby Ports can't beat out Will Barrett or Will Burn? That Giannis can't beat out Gordon. Now, both of these guys are athletic when getting boards, so it's going to be a challenge. I'm just saying, you should be able to at least get some offensive rebounds. Offensive rebounds only came to 7 for the Bucks, 6 for the Nuggets, but the majority of those were just defensive rebounds. I just can't believe that. You played at home and you got blown up by 36, and you're the defending champs? Woo! That is going to make some tough, tough living. Bucks 31-21, Nuggets 28-21. That was the game of the day, the recap edition, as I just couldn't believe that, right? I, 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 just, I just could not believe that. Because you're like, oh, okay, they got blown out. But then when you start to break it down, it, it looked really bad. Because the closest quarter we had was in the first quarter where the Nuggets are leading. Each quarter, the Nuggets are leading. Each quarter, the Nuggets were blowing them out. Like the third and fourth quarter, blown out. They blew them out by 14 points each in each quarter. 28 combined points. In the third and fourth quarter, that's how much they led by in the fourth, third and fourth quarter. So second half. First half was only eight. Yeah, eight points. Second half was 28. That's a 20-point increase. I'm just saying, that's incredible. And you have a multiple um, MVP winner, a multi-time MVP winner on your team. Now, I get it, Jokic is the reigning MVP, but um, if you look at the, like, if you look at the muscle, 
You'll get strength for Giannis, and you'll look at Jokic. Giannis will win. Like, if you think about it, Giannis is built like a, that's why they call him the Greek freak, how athletic he's strong he is. Or just how athletic he is. Just the way he looks. You don't see Jokic have him, um, the term like American freak, um, uh, oh, I for like like a Greek freak or like American freak or or, or whatever nationality he was from. Like he didn't put him freaking out. Like like the symbol, like to recognize like how strong he is, like how athletic he is, like how, how dominant he is. Like we're not at that point because have you seen Jokic? He's talented, but Giannis could take him. Like Jokic, he, he's a gr good basketball player. But he's not as strong in athletics as Giannis. I hate to put him down, but that's just the truth. And that was the recap edition for the game today. Moving into today's recapping the news of the day segment. Where should I even begin? I guess I'll get to the All-Star first because depression and excitement is happening at the All-Star. And this comes in terms of injuries. Like the funder, Shea Gilchrist-Alexander's um, own, who was, who's been performing very well, is now set to miss time with a sprained ankle and should make a return come after the All-Star break. Now, Derrick Rose, uh, the New York Knicks' own Derrick Rose, who's been dealing with an ankle surgery, for many, many weeks ago, right, is expected to make a return after the All-Star break. So why is this set in depression? Well, here's the thing. Derrick Rose, we already knew he was going to be out. Like, the injury, it was a bummer. Like, never wanted it. So I never wanted it. But you already knew what to expect. So if that's excitement, you're getting it back. But now, if you're the funder and you're like, oh, yay, we have to lose more of our main pieces. Great. Like, and you have to miss a few games. You're going to be out. Like, I guess it's going to be our recovery. It's going to let his body rest. But still, not what you wanted to see out. You, you never want to see this. You just don't. You just don't. Because there's one excitement where, where it's like, um... Where you know a guy's coming back, and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah that's exciting. But then when a the guy knows he's gonna miss time, it's like, oh no. And it's like, why? Because if you think about it, to get into the play tournament, you have to get into the is he the eleventh or twelfth seed? Let's say it's the eleventh seed for just extra security. Well, let's say it's the tenth seed. So let's say you really want to make it a tenth seed. You're only four spot outs, and you're only six games behind the Trailblazers. So you're not out yet. You're not out yet. So, statistically speaking, and talk about percentages and probability, you still have a chance. Now, the Kings, the Pelicans, the Spurs, and Trailblazers all have a four-plus game advantage on you. The Lakers 
the rate they're going, they may never win in our game. They just dropped to their third uh, game losing. They just lost their third game in a row. Yesterday to the Hawks by eight. That's depressing. That just is. I think this team needs LeBron just to survive. I think that's the absolute truth. Personally. It's right now they're ninth. Yeah. So during the All-Star break, Derrick Rose is going to be coming back. Same with Shea Alexander. But once depressing because he's going to be missing games, critical games he want to be winning, and then your guy is not so depressing. He's actually going to be exciting because now you're going to have another weapon back and get help by your point guard situation and your guard situation because Kemba Walker has not been what the Knicks wanted. And the Knicks are looking to trade Kemba. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Now, we're going to get down to this real quick, guys. The starters for both All-Star teams have been announced. If you ever guys check out my Twitter, you guys will know how angry I am. Because you're telling me Devin Booker couldn't be a starter? You're telling me Chris Paul couldn't be a starter? It, it, it's just, it's, it's really idiotic. It's stupid. That's just stupidity on high. But without trying to ruin the All-Star because great things that came was that John Moran and Andrew Wiggins get their first ever career starting uh, All-Star game. Like, that, they, uh, I can't speak today. Sorry. Andrew Wiggins and John Moran is able to, in the first time in their entire career, is able to get a starting spot in this year's NBA All-Star. That is really exciting because for the West, their captains were LeBron James. Then you got Nikhil Jokic, Andrew Wiggins, Stephen Curry, and John Moran. Then on the East, you have the captain, Kevin Durant. Then players like Giannis, Joel B, DeMar DeRozan, and Trey Young. Those are the starters. Nikhil Jokic. So the guys who are expected was LeBron, Kevin Durant, Nikhil Jokic, Stephen Curry, Joel B, and Giannis. The guys that were amazing ads were was John Morant, Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan, and Andrew Wiggins. Truly. I like John Morant because he's up and coming. He's been helping Memphis. Same with Andrew Wiggins. He's been helping the Golden State Warriors. and He's been turning around his career. So it's awesome to see him get his first career start and not coming off the reservations. DeMar DeRozan. So many people uh, bash the idea of him actually working out with his team, with the Bulls. Now it's become like one of the best things ever. And now people just have to bite him because of how good he's turned out to be. And that he's going to be a star in this year's NBA All-Star game. I find it really funny that people call that the worst move. Then when you find out that that move that they made... I should help the Bulls win so many games. It's really, really astonishing. It's really incredible if you think about it. But it's just one man's opinion. I'm not upset with these. I just hate the fact that Devin Booker. I just hate the fact that Clay Thompson got more votes than Devin Booker. So if that's all, so if that's all you have to do, 
is not play for two years and have an inspirational story, and you're able to get almost a million votes, if not a million votes, perfect. Because here's the problem. I'm not upset with Clay Thompson. It's all fan. Like, 50% of voting goes to fans, and 25% coaches, 25% players, something like that, something like that. I'm upset that no one really recognizes Dev Booker and the Suns. We're still trying to fantasize that the Warriors are the best team in the league, that the Lynette's are the best team in the league. Like, that's wrong. The, the media does not want to cover the Suns and Devin Booker. They don't want to cover this entire team. They don't want to cover the accomplishments. They don't. I've expressed my I've expressed my frustrations before. And it's not because I have a I'm a have a bias to this team. It's just because if it was a different market or any different players like Booker would be on a different team, different market, bigger market, they would be coming next big thing. The next Jordan, like the next LeBron, they would just be hyping them like crazy. I just find it insane. Like, did you not see what the Suns did last season? Do you now see have been seeing what the Suns been doing since twenty eighteen season with Monty Williams coming in, DeAndre and you got Ricky Rubio for that year, and then you were uh, in twenty nineteen, right? Then for the NBA bubble, then you're able to have Cam Johnson. Cara Payne came in. You've seen all these guys. Devin Booker to help. Then the OKC funder trade with the Suns. Sending over uh, Chris Paul. Then you had to, then the Suns had to send over Ty Jerome and a bunch of other useless people and picks. For one of the greatest point guards of all time. Or the greatest point guard of all time, in my opinion. I truly, truly do believe that. So I, I don't know. I'm not biased. I'm a little upset. I'm very frustrated. I'm I, I'm extremely happy for these guys. I could care less for LeBron, Kevin Durant, Giannis, and Jokic, and Embiid, and Curry. The guys that I'm really proud for is Wiggins, Morant, DeRozan, and Young. <coughs> Sorry. I'm shocked there's no... Luka Doncic, why isn't he a starter? I, I don't know. That also baffles me. Like, that's something I'm trying to ponder my brain. I'm trying to think about why he's not a starter either. Because that's very hard for me to consider. I understand. But these fans, like, fans of this game has to realize what talent... But it's also just going off your preferences and what you like. But yeah, that is the starting rosters for the West and for the East. Pretty cool deal. Again, for the East, you have Captain Kevin Durant, then Giannis, Joel Bede, DeMar DeRozan, Trey Young. Then for the West, you have Captain LeBron James, Kill Jokic, Andrew Wiggins, Stephen Curry, and John Moran. Getting into some of the other stuff that's going on. Um, yeah, let's start with this one because I thought this was pretty interesting. So, have you guys heard about stuff that's coming out with Karis Avert? Yeah, so with Karis Avert right now, um, the Pacers will trade him. 
but they want two first rounders. A minimum. Guys, two first rounders. I'm not down to work at Karis Avert. I respect them. Two first rounders at minimum? That's what that's what I'm getting, guys. That to me seems like a lot. I'm I'm not trying to poo-poo this thing. I'm not trying to take away what Karis Avert has done or the off or the asking price of Karis Avert. That seems like a lot. Now, even though that seems like a lot in my eyes, it may be not. Because there's actually teams out there that are willing to pay that price. Those two teams, or just teams in general, would be the Knicks and the Cavaliers. That potential character for a trade could be made. Because the Pacers, the Indian Pacers, have been contacted by the New York Knicks, including Cavaliers. That would be very interesting if they just try to get away with getting Karis Avert by trading away those two first-rounders, or if they're going to try to attach um, someone like Sadie Osmond to it. I don't know. Like, it'll be very interesting if they're going to go like one mediocre player, two very high draft picks. And then also, do you get into, like, will you protect those draft picks? Could you... But un will be unprotected. Will be high draft picks, low draft picks in the first round. Like how would you how would you see that? Will cash be involved? Right. And, um. People may find it strange about cash being involved because when you see that. But the great example of that happening, and I get it, it's two different uh players. Kyle Corver was traded for uh, cash. Then they buy like a printing press off that, a printing machine, something like that. But I find that very, very interesting. Could Karis Avert go to New York? If they go to New York, if he goes to New York, Kemba is going over. Kemba Walker would go over to Indiana. Like the Indiana Pacers will probably get Kemba Walker. They'll probably get some of the mediocre players, some of the players that have been dying to trail away. I can see that. I can see Kemba in the second rounder go over. See, that's tough. I think it would go Kemba, two first rounders, over to Indiana. Then New York in return would get Karis Avert and maybe a second rounder. That's how I would see it. Now, I'm just speculating this. I'm pulling out raw right off the top of my head. Uh, uh, trades. I don't know if that's the best one, but because here's the thing the Pacers have their own problems. That is self evident. That's evident. Like, that, the, the Pacers are the Pacers right now. I feel bad for Rick Carl, but it seems like they're going to begin turning that around. I truly, I truly believe that. Would you want to tr you trade it for Cam Reddish? So you got a small forward. How's Evan Fournette? Because New York is opening to dealing out Kemba Walker, Evan Fournette, and Alec Burks. 
You signed Evan Fournier to a $78 million contract. You realize that contract blew up in your face. He's not worth what you guys paid him, and now you're trying to get out. What would you take? Like, what would you take? Would you say, okay, we'll take the injured TJ Warren, who's rehabbing from his foot injury, from his surgeries, and we'll take Carlos Vert. But we'll give you two first-rounders, Kemba Walker and Eva Fournay. And could a third team come in? That's what I'm trying to figure out in the top of my head. Because, as again, as I'm explaining this to you guys, I'm also explaining this to myself and trying to come out with the best possible solution and end result for both teams. Or, if we have a freeway trade, and that could also be something. It's just very, very interesting how the cards can be dealt and who wants what and what gets dealt. What gets shipped off to each team. I would be amazed if they drop their asking price of two first rounders and they accept like one first rounder, one second rounder, or just one first rounder and two mediocre to one good player. That would be interesting because now you always have to offset this salary in some way because you don't want to be over the cap or you don't, yeah, because you don't want to be over the cap or either on either team. So to me, that will also be very, very interesting. Because you traded for Cam Reddish. There's a reason why they traded for Cam Reddish. He has a few, a bright future ahead of him, yes. But he doesn't cost him much as the lacking Evan Fournay who signed a $78 million contract. Old passionate right there, probably. But he's a $78 million free agent that's busting, that's failing. And you want to get rid of Alex Burks, he's also a small forward. So if you're taking this trend, they're opening the train a point guard and two small forwards. So a guard and two forwards could be traded. And I'm pulling out the Pacers roster right now. Because if you trade uh, Kyrgyz Vert, that's a small forward. So you're just trying to fill the, sm uh, the forward position. I believe that is the most one of the most lacking ones. That and point guard. Guards and forwards. So you're gonna say, okay, Cam Reddish and Karis Avert can share the court. They can share all the minutes. Because Karis Avert is having a better season than Evan Fournay by five points. You don't say that's significant, it is. When your guys only have 13 points, 13 half points, and 42% from the field, and you have Karis Burke who's having 18 points from the field and 43%, that's that's interesting. And how much Evan Fournay is 29. Karis Burke's 27. The contract of a vert is only a free year, 52 million. It becomes a free agent in 2023, unrestricted. He was signed using the rookie extension slash bird. Guys, to me, it's going to be that simple. You're telling me you can shave off $27 million for a much better player? Evan Fournay is a good basketball player, but not worth $78 million. I was skeptical on the deal, but on paper, it looked solid. With the team that was being surrounded by everyone, 
Yeah, so I saw it. It will also be very interesting what you do because Justin Holiday is getting attention to be traded. You might be wanting to catch. You might want to keep him. T.J. Warren could be gone unless you want to build around him. Miles Turner could be gone unless you want to get him a few more shots. So it's very, very interesting. You also want to know what's else something interesting, guys? The Blazers have admitted, it is being reported, that they are there they will accept they will they will accept talks about trading anyone on their roster besides Dame Time besides Damian Lillard. So they're fine with training CJ McCollum, Robert Covington, but not Damian Lillard. Anyone on the roster, from the good, the bad, and the ugly, besides the superstar Damian Lillard, which makes sense. Why would you want to give up Damian Lillard? You don't. It would be idiotic. Because you're saying not even Damian Lillard has expressed any interest in returning to the season after his abdominal surgery. Because it's like, if you guys are just tanking, if you guys are just losing games, why am I going to come back? And I don't blame him. I couldn't see him just skipping the entire season. So I think some puffs could be in the future. It just all depends what's going on in that front office. What's going on in that management. Like what's going on between the locker rooms, right? What's going on for the head of head coach Bill, uh, Chauncey, uh, Chauncey Billups. So it's all very, very interesting. To say the least. But the Blazers could be moving off from C.J. McCollum. And if you do, who will you be trading for? Who will you be trading for? I wouldn't be surprised if the Raptors try trading with the Knicks. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried getting rid of C.J. McCollum. I wouldn't be, try I wouldn't be surprised if they tried getting rid of uh, Robert Covington. Could Marcus Smart be a choice for that team? Who knows? I'm looking at that team because I'm like, what would fit them personally? They are a long way away from being a real threat in the playoffs. Like, the postseason is laughing at them because they're just a joke. They're in the rebuild stages. Whether they want to admit to it or not, they are. And they're just wasting the years of Damian Lillard. But I thought that was very interesting because right now I have no potential trades for the Blazers. But I'm just thinking, what could the Blazers trade away? Because it's also interesting that when I'm looking right now, the Cavaliers could be pulling the trigger for a potential Robert Covington trade. What would that mean? Like, would that be worth it? Covington's on an expiring deal. We know, we know that. It would be very, very interesting. I would, I would probably try to take a move. People are saying that the Pelicans should trade for C.J. McCollum. Uh, SB Nation, 
or BlazersEdge.com uh, says that uh, from at the New York uh, that the New Orleans Pelicans should trade for CJ McCollum. Who would you want to try to acquire? Who would you want to acquire? That's going to be interesting. If you want a player like that, it's going to have to be multiple players and like one or two draft picks. Like maybe three to four players and two draft picks. One draft pick. Something like that. If it is high caliber stars, right? So what do the Pelicans have? They're not giving up on Zion. They just signed Josh Hart to a huge contract past offseason. And they got our players on Brandon Ingram. Could Brandon Ingram be on his way out? Who knows? But how much did you see Jim Gollum? Come from the Cowboys front office. So it's very interesting. Again, while I was reading off of BlazersEdge.com, fan side right, um, it's going to be very, very interesting. Now, you want to talk about being torn. This is tough. The Pistons are reportedly torn on whether or not to trade Jeremy Grant come to trade the line. Now, if they do decide to trade him at the deadline, then the Mavericks, Hawks, Kings, Knicks, Lakers, Blazers, and Wizards are all ready to make a move to acquire him. And Jeremy Grant, will, if you're the Blazers, will require you to give up C.J. McCollum, Robert Covington, one of those players. Anyone besides Sammy Lord. And Jeremy Grant, when he's healthy, could be a huge add for the Blazers when Damian Lillard returns. They could be a side-by-side -side duo. The Lakers would probably have to give up THT, maybe Westbrook, picks, whatever it has to be. The Knicks, they could turn it off for Kemba Walker, try to swap guard for guard, maybe Evan Fournier forward for guard, guard, whatever. Picks, Kings, Buddy Heald, maybe? Marvin Bagley the first, maybe? Harrison Barnes? I don't know. It just all depends. Wizards would be interesting. Like, would you try to shop Montrez Harold? Would you try to... I don't know. The Wizards would be interesting. The Hawks would be very interesting because I could see John Collins on the move. If if if, if, the, if the Hawks decide to trade with the Pistons... John Collins would be one of the main pieces to be shipped over. Jeremy Grant comes in, and maybe that could please Trey Young and convince him to stay longer. Just from the perspective of that, if you don't start getting pieces to have a winning record, it's going to start hurting you bad in the future. Not saying the Hawks don't have good pieces. They do. I'm not doubting that for one minute. I'm just saying they have increased talent. They have increased chances of scoring and just have better probable chances of winning, you got to give one of these pieces like Jeremy Grant or anyone you're looking before the trade deadline comes within the next two weeks. So that, to me, is very interesting. And so many people are looking forward to Jeremy Grant because since the past season or two, he's been really growing in his role with the Pistons. He's been really maturing as an NBA player. 
and now he's showing his development by transitioning at the buckets, rebounds, assists. He's doing it all. He's doing it all. And despite the mini setback he had with the injury, and I, I don't know if he had COVID or not, but I'm going to leave that out because I do not know that for sure. Uh, but with the injury, the mini setback, teams are still interested in him. The Mavericks will be interesting. Him and Luka, interesting. I get rid of Chris Porzingis. I find him a dead weight at this point. Just get him off. Get the monkey off your back. It's time. Get the distraction away. It's time. If you want to help Jason Kidd, get him. I'm surprised the Pacers aren't going to try to make a move. I thought it would be pretty cool. But I don't even think, I just don't think Jeremy Grant would have any frill in going to Simon going to the Pacers. But that would be very, very interesting. When you guys agree, and you can all send us to the course he text line 602-791-2108. Because if Jeremy Grant gets traded, who would be the right fit for him? Who would be the right match? Like, let's play matchmaker. Uh, if you're looking at Jeremy Grant, the Pistons aren't working out. Could the Knicks work out? Maybe. I think the Lakers would be a complete disaster. Because some players that have been let go into free agency or traded have turned out for the better. A.K.A. like, um, was a ball, Brandon Ingram, um, Josh Hart, Alex Caruso, guys like that. I want to do it. The Kings, that's going to be tough. It's like playing for the Pistons, but in California. Uh, Hawks, Hawks will be a goal with... Coach Nate McMillan going at it with Trey Young, with all those guys. That would be very, very an offensive heavy team, explosive to say the least. The Blazers, Blazers will work. He would get many shots, he would get many opportunities to shine. I just find it very, very interesting. But that, guys, will include this segment. Recapping the news of the day. As now, guys, let's move into topic of the day. And that is answering the question, why are the Philadelphia 76ers being so difficult about trading Ben Simmons? I don't know if it, I don't know what it could be, but I think it could be a possibility of multiple things. I think it's the fact they spent a I think it's that they spent a first rounder on him, a first overall pick on him, and they're not going to be able to get that pick back. I think that's one. I think spending all that money on him, trying to accommodate to his ways, could have put him into his hole. I think that's another. I think I think number three. I think another would be. I think they're I think they're trying to make sure. That he really does not want to come back. I think they're trying to hold out faith that he will return. That's going to be a very long shot. I don't believe it's going to be. I think the bridge bridges were burned. I don't think he's going to return. I believe that's pretty apparent. Evident to everything we've seen. To all the evidence. To me... I don't know. I don't know if the 76ers want better pieces because now you see the 76ers trying to settle. <coughs> Sorry. 
Sorry about that. Or trying to sell it, you're going to the Kings. Like, oh, we just want Tyrese Halliburton two picks, two first rounds, whatever it was. Will you help us with that? The Kings weren't playing their silly games anymore. I think I think the Seventy Sixers realize how much talent they missed, passed up on, because they worry about the selfish attitude of Ben Simmons and still trying to accommodate him and try to just please him in every single way. Like, I'm trying to think of reasons here, but it's very confusing right now why they're not trading him. I get why they didn't trade before December 15th. They wanted more players at their disposal, more players for better trade opportunities, better trade packages. I get that. But now it's like you're talking about waiting to the offseason. That would be an idiotic move. I get it that he's wasting millions upon millions, but you have a playoff contending team. Now he's got to shape and mold and get better players to help Joel B. Get rid of Tobias Harris. He is a money sucker. He's draining the money and life out of you, just like Ben Simmons. It's very, very interesting. It's very interesting. But why, but why are they doing this? Why are they waiting? Because now teams are just backing out because they're sick and tired of playing the games of the 76ers. They're tired of playing these mind games. Like the OKC Fire was ready to take Ben Simmons. They were going to give up Shea Gilchrist and all these picks. They were gonna, people were doing that forever, it seemed like. I think even during or after the draft, people were like, okay. We'll make some offers. Like, they were trying to entertain what the same sisters were saying. The Raptors were going all in. They were giving, but the, the the demands were so high, like four players and three draft picks. And they had one time to be an all-star, all-star caliber player, where that is a current all-star. Like, that is insane. So many teams have shied away. They've just shut the doors on a Ben Simmons trade. Then now I think the 76ers are realizing their error, but also trying not to give up Ben Simmons because now they feel guilty about spending the first round on him and trying to accommodate him for all of these years. I think it's also the fact that they're trying to hold out and they're trying to go against hope that he's actually going to return. To me, I think they've blown their shot. I, I don't know what they're waiting for. If they wait to the offseason, then something's internally wrong with that organization. Because I would have gotten rid of him already. I would have fielded all the offers. I would have tried to tweak the trade if I had to. Maybe alter it a little bit to see if you could benefit more from it. Or maybe decrease what you're having to give up. Or if you're the other side too, right? But when you're trying to answer the question, why are the Philadelphia 76ers being so difficult about training Ben Simmons? I don't know, because going for the entire saga, you had Ben Simmons always holding out. You had Doc Rivers kicking um, kicking Ben Simmons out of practice because he wasn't trying to do defensive drills. You had misbehaving practice. You had the backstab by Ben Simmons, blaming the fans, blaming Joel Bede, blaming everyone besides himself and taking accountability and responsibility. And then you have Doc Rivers not pleased out of last year's playoff performance. It got worse and worse and worse. 
I could bring up countless and countless of more examples. But it just seems like now that the difficulty, the difficulty that the struggle that the 76 are putting up is actually shooting them in the foot and they're doing themselves a disservice. And now that they're being so difficult, I think they're being blinded by the fact that the reason why they're being so difficult is killing every chance to get dumping him. As painful as it's gonna be, he's gotta rip the band-aid off. I think they're being caught I think they're being difficult, hesitant, because they're struggling to try to grasp, but they don't want to give up this former first overall player they've accommodated to, gave him so much money to, gave him so many assets to, try to make the perfect mold between Joel Bean and Ben Simmons, try to make this a championship caliber team. I think it makes a sick turn of stomach that they're like we gave it all up for this guy. We can't give up now. We can't give up future with him. It's tough. It is legit tough. I, 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 I wish I really could answer that question. I really do wish I could. It could be a whole thing, and I could be completely off, guys. I'm just speculating here. But it just seems like every time the 76ers take a step forward, they take two steps back, and they shoot themselves in the foot, and they have some time to mull over the decision and try to think of the best possible outcome. And then when that can't happen, they shoot themselves in the air foot, take a little more time, and now they're here. That's frustrating. Like, I, I don't know what to do. You got extra, you got extra high in a ridiculous high, a ridiculous high price for Ben Simmons, like to the point where you're just scaring away some teams, but still attracting some in because they were insane lunatics. Now it's like you're trying to decrease the offer, and people are like, "We're not playing your stupid games." Hence, why the Kings just pulled out of it. Hence, why the Kings didn't want to go any further because they're not going to deal. With the stuff that the Sony Sixers are spewing out and just trying to twist. To me, guys, this is insane. Like, this is insane. Like, this entire saga between Ben Simmons and the 76ers, this feud has gone on way too much. We've talked about way too much. It's just scary now that the 76ers are hesitant to trade him. The same player. It said, I'll never play for you again. I get it, you're trying to have the best bang for buck. I get it, you're trying to cash in. I get it, you're trying to set your guys self up for success. But what will, what good will it do for this team if this franchise waits till the offseason? You know he's not going to return. You know he's visibly upset with this team. And so are you guys. The bridge has been burned. I I just move on. This is not a difficult choice. And it's not like they're trying to make it's not like no one's offering anything. For the past few months they've been off teams been offering so many assets. So many good pieces. They were just being difficult. And now that difficulty a difficultness is biting him in the butt, coming back to haunt him. That's not what they wanted nor what they need. 
This is just a huge distraction that is intensifying by a hundred because of their lack of trying to move him and being stubborn in their ways and just trying to act like a child instead of act like a man and try to trade him. You're killing yourself. It, it, it's really sad when you think about it. It just really is. And it's pathetic to be quite frank. To be honest, it is. This is not that difficult. Maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe I'm seeing it for the wrong lines. Maybe my perspective, my mindset is not correct. Maybe. Or maybe I'm right. And maybe the center six has to put on their big boy pants and make um a and make a decision. Because you're not gonna wait till the offseason. I'll kill you more. It's gonna hurt your team more. Get assets, get good players that will allow you to go to the playoffs and will not have to worry about some scared player that can't take a shot. Truly. Truly, that's where my mind's at. So why are the 76ers being so difficult about trading Ben Simmons? I do not have a defined answer, an indefinite answer, a clear answer. I've listed all the reasons. I've there's multiple. It, 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 it's sad, it's sickening, it's just heartbreaking that their stubbornness and their difficulty towards the situation, for being so difficult towards the situation, it, 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 it's killing them. It's killing them, it just is. And why they're being so difficult, I don't know. I just don't know. If I'm Darren Moore, I just trade him. I don't know what he's waiting for. I make a solid plan. I start getting talks. Now you got teams. You got the lowest of the low teams that would love a player like this just blocking you out and saying, no, we're not going to deal with your games anymore. That's a problem. That, that's a threat. And now it's going to be hurting the 76ers even more. With all that being said, guys, you can text us at the court to text line 602791. Oh, sorry, 602-791-2108. Text us your thoughts and, and opinions on how you're feeling about this. Last week, guys, we got the game of the day, watch audition, the wrap up the podcast episode, and on this beautiful Monday morning, we have the Heat versus the uh, Celtics. This is an at-home game for Boston. And again, that should be thrillingly competitive and just a game to watch as I'm excited for this game. I want both teams to win, but I'm rooting for Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, right? I like the Celtics. I also like the Heat. But I'm just going to be rooting for the Celtics. I'm going to say that the Celtics are going to be taking this game. And without further ado, guys, that's the end of today's podcast episode. I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast episode. If you guys did, please rate, like, and subscribe to our podcast. That would be amazing. And as always, guys, we will see you here every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Our next date to see you guys is Wednesday 8 a.m. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great Tuesday. We'll see you here back in the studio, back on, uh, back on the air. Come Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Remember, 
follow us on all of our social media accounts, follow us everywhere you know your podcast. And without further ado, guys, let's have the outro music take us out now. Oh, no, no. <laughs>